you know, one thing uh, we got to talk about too along the way is is black veganism. That's such a big part of the book, and you know, one of the really controversial things because for me, soul food is not vegan. Uh, so I wonder, but you know, before getting into what you're doing in the book, your own personal conversion is is part of that. So I wonder if you could share that with us. Yeah. So as I was talking earlier about trying to connect or connecting the experience of my grandfather with the experience of, interestingly, it happened in, this would be 2000, um, the year about that paper, uh, AAR was in San Francisco. And I, this is my first time driving up the five. Uh, and I saw everything you see when you drive up the five from here. And you, And I was like, this looks like when I drive, when we would drive from Michigan to Mississippi. <laughs> and I was like, this is, I can't believe this is still going on. Like, I was just like, yeah, I just, I just couldn't believe it. Um, and so that started it basically. That was like, huh, I don't know that I want to opt into this system. Basically. I was like, I don't want to, I don't really want to do that. And so what I did is um, it was a slow conversion. I really appreciate you saying the word conversion because um, I became vegetarian um, in 2010 and had to relearn how to cook, um, had to learn how to cook quite honestly, cause I didn't really know how to cook. Um, at least I thought now I realized I didn't really know how to cook. <laughs> uh, and it really was just a process of saying, well, how can I eat in alignment with my values? And if, and recognizing that the exploitation of nature and exploitation of animals is all wrapped up in white supremacy, and if I am want to be anti-racist and I want to resist white supremacy, then I can't eat animal products anymore. And I was like, okay. And so how, let me set out to do that. And I was very um, patient with myself. You know, like I said, I didn't become vegan probably like five or six years. And I don't have a, this hard and fast date where I'm like, oh, this was this day. I just, I did immediately cut out meat. And then over time, I just kept, kept cutting out more and more dairy, more and more, you know, eggs or anything else. Um, because I knew that I was going to have to, again, relearn how to cook. And I wanted to still at least eat in ways that felt culturally appropriate. And as I learned to make those things in more vegan ways, it became easier for me to let them go. Um, and so, yeah, it was, it was a long process. It was a process of learning how to cook, learning how to recreate food. I, I actually am friends with Bryant Terry, who lives up near where you guys live in Oakland. Uh, he's a black vegan chef. I, I was just talking with him uh, maybe two months ago. I told him, I was like, man, I think you like literally saved my life, like physically your cookbooks. Like, I don't know that because I, I wasn't eating nutritiously. I was just eating stuff, you know, and so I learned how to eat, you know, um, through his cookbooks and other things like that. Uh, and, and yeah, it, it, I wish if I was fortunate enough, I'd been able to talk to my, if I had thought about this before my grandmother passed away, I wish, um, I had learned from her. I've been, I've been able to recreate some things that she made just based on taste. Hmm. Um, but, but she, like many black, older black women that I encountered that I think I write about a little bit in the book, never ate a lot of meat, but never would have called herself a vegetarian because she would have thought that was what white people do. Um, you know, and so again, wrapped up in racial politics. Um, and so, and so, yeah, so for me, it was that kind of, uh, that journey signified something that gave me compassion to not push this kind of militant veganism on people, because I just don't think that's practical for most black people. Right. Um, black veganism for me is this practice, uh, wrapped up in the practice of what I call soulful, soulful eating. 
So that's eating in a way that really is about the preservation and promotion of black community. Um, it is a opting out of, of, you know, foods that are animal products. So it is opting into a kind of veganism. I call it black veganism because as I said, my grandmother and other women, especially, but people in general associate veganism with this kind of focus specifically on animal justice. Um, and it's very narrow. And I wanted to separate the kind of veganism I'm talking about from that by signaling, signaling and signifying that it is about an intersectional veganism. Hmm. It's, it's quite honestly, it's, it's anthropocentric because I don't think I would have become a vegan if it was just about the animals. Like I'm just, right. I, I love animals. My wife is a veterinarian. I love animals. Anybody's listening. I'm not a, I have a dog. He's over here asleep right now. <laughs> um, but um, for me, it was tying the construction of the human person recognizing that what I call the human animal tension um, in, in the construction of the human person, meaning that the category as we understand it of human and the category of the animals a racialized category, because the ways in which black people and other people of color have been dehumanized, we've been called animals mm -hmm. when we are talked about in ways that um, dehumanize us, whether in popular culture today, you still hear it, right? You hear so these people are acting like animals. And what they mean by that is they're not saying that we're like not homo sapiens. What they're saying is we're not performing humanness in ways that they are comfortable with. And that performing humanness is wrapped up in performing whiteness in a way that which they're comfortable with. And so that category of animal, as it's been used really since the colonial encounter, really has been structured through what? Through race, right? It's really been structured through race. Um, and or I should say it's been racialized, if you will. Um, and so I wanted to bring that to light. I want people to, to eat in a way that really acknowledge the racism that's endemic to our food system, right? I would argue our food system is structured racist, meaning that the labor that produces most of the food is particularly black and brown, but the profits don't go to those people, obviously, the vast majority of it. Um, and, and so it's to bring attention to that kind of exploitation and it's to try to opt into, so that's on one hand, so dealing with human bodies and people and calling out the structures of racism. And on the other hand, it's recognizing that from an environmental perspective, at minimum being vegetarian and at best being vegan really addresses some of the most significant issues we have with climate change on an individual level. And it's one of the few individual things I think I know we can do and everybody can do because climate change really is an issue we have to solve through policy, solve, but everybody can do something with regards to our food waste and what we eat. And because black people and poor people and old people actually are disproportionately harmed by the impacts of climate change, this is another way to eat that really preserves and promotes community. And so when I'm talking about black veganism, I'm really talking about eating in a way that honestly, I think is, is in alignment with the, the essence of soul food. It's, it's allowing us to tell our story in a way that's about building up our community and passing on those kinds of, of legacies of knowledge, of wisdom, uh, those stories that I think we want to be able to pass on to our, our ancestors. I want to pass on to my son.